five minutes after the hour of 11, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's head east. Chicago. Digging themselves out of that snowstorm. Uh, and Cappy joins us. Cap, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, Cap, I know it was maybe as bad as New York got, but you guys had a, a snow experience this weekend, right? Yeah, it got pretty snowy. In fact, my partner on radio, good morning, great to be with you guys. My partner on the radio, Jonathan Hood, actually injured his back helping some elderly neighbors who couldn't shovel the foot that fell here. So he's been working from home. My man's in pain. So, yeah, it has affected a lot of people because we got smashed, and now it's you know going to be super cold here. I think starting on Sunday. Yeah, we get it Saturday, so it's coming your way Sunday. Cap, I want to get this out of the way. Somebody reached out to via Twitter to ask you this, so I'll do it right now before I forget. Uh, Brian wants to know who the second, the starting second baseman for the Cubs will be this year. Uh, probably Nico Horner okay. is who I'm guessing. Uh-huh. I, I don't see them trading Javi Baez, which would mean they, they would move Nico Horner to shortstop. I don't know if that would be a long-term play or not i don't know if he has the arm strength to stay there but i'm assuming they're going to keep Baez. i'm assuming that they're going to keep chris bryant and so i think nico horner's there now would i like to see colton wong there's a name yeah heck yeah i would love to because you get better defensively you can use nico horner all around the diamond and he's played some now in center field they've been working with him at over the last 12 to 18 months. So, yeah, sign me up for Colton Wong. And anything that decreases from the Dirty Redbirds, I'm in. <laughs> Who got a lot better over the weekend. Cap, what a what a ridiculous trade by the Colorado Rockies. You know, I'm surprised Major League Baseball, in some respects, uh, signed off on that trade. Here's our, here's our all-star, one of the best, maybe the best defensive third baseman in the league. And, oh, by the way, here's $50 million uh, to make you like this even more. I'm surprised Major League Baseball went along with it. Yeah, let's, again, I think they're doing anything they can to help teams that might be having some financial issues. That so, makes sense, okay, yep. I get it. I will tell you this, and Nolan Arenado is one of my favorite players in the game. Like, I would vastly prefer him over Chris Bryant because I think Nolan Arenado is more of a gamer than Chris Bryant. Chris has all the talent in the world, and he's a wonderful guy. I just don't think he's that lay it on the line, play through any injury at any time. I don't think he's that guy. So Arenado's a big upgrade. However, go look at his splits away from Coors the last two years. Not great. And go look at a shoulder injury and look at his numbers in 2020. They're rolling the dice a bit. They had financial flexibility. I'm talking about the Cardinals. Uh, They didn't have to give up a ton of top talent and prospects because they were taking on a bunch of money but go look at his numbers over the last 12 months there's a bit of a dice roll there so the cubs let kyle schwarber go guy that big part of the world series team a beloved member of the organization they let him go guy high strikeout low average good pop left-handed stick to bring in the exact same guy in jock peterson for about the exact same price. Help me out here. What's the theory, the justification behind this? Well, first of all, they got him for $3 million cheaper. That's okay. A. B, he strikes out 3% 
below league average, which is significant, while Kyle Schwarber strikes out significantly more than league average. Jock Peterson is a better defender. Jock Peterson, they're not using him at center any longer, but he can fill in there. Kyle Schwarber can't fill in at center field under any scenario. So I'll argue with you that it's a slight upgrade, A. B, you had to change the names. You can't Mm -hmm. keep running Mm -hmm. the same guys out there and go, yeah, our offense is broken, 2018. Our offense is broken, 2019. Our offense is broken. I'm telling you, this time I'm serious. We're going to make some changes. Oh, all right, let's keep Kyle Schwarber. Let's keep Chris Bryant. Let's keep Javi Baez. Let's keep Wilson Contreras. And on and on and on. So I have no problem with the change. Uh, Cap, uh, who's going to be the leadoff hitter? That seems like that's still a major hole. You know, it's funny that you said that. I just turned in the manuscript that we did a afterword to my book, The Plan. So it's six thousand words of what went wrong after 2016 and as you go through it there are a couple decisions that really really jumped out at me as i researched and wrote it decision one the quintana trade and turning down Mm. justin verlander verlander till the day of the trade down i've told you guys this story his agent's a friend of mine called me and said hey jv is waiting. That's what they call each other. JV is waiting on the Cubs. He's got another deal in place, but he hasn't approved it. He wants the Cubs or the Dodgers. The Dodgers are out. He wants the Cubs. Can you please find out if they're going to consider this? So I made a couple calls and called them back. I said, I just talked to them. They're out. They're not interested. Too much money, shaky medical history, mm. and he's getting older. So they turn him down. He goes to Houston, and guess what? He's second to Cy Young in 18. He's 5-0 and and helps win the World Series in 17. Oh, and he wins the Cy Young in 2019. So all of a sudden, that combined with what you gave up, Cease and Jimenez and two other players for Jose Quintana, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, horrible. And the other awful decision was, not letting Dexter Fowler go, it was not replacing mm. Dexter Fowler. I wouldn't have given Dexter Fowler $82.5 million either. I don't believe the St. Louis Cardinals, with the knowledge they have today in hindsight, would give him $82.5 million either. They got desperate. They needed to make a move. But who is their leadoff guy going forward once you got rid of Dexter Fowler? They didn't have a plan. It was, well, let's try Kyle Schwarber there. Well, big problem. He's coming off an ACL. He spent the entire offseason between 16 and 17 rehabbing his knee, not learning and studying to be a, a leadoff hitter. So, okay, let's try Ian Happ. Yeah, that's not going to work. Okay, let's try this guy. Let's put this guy there. And they just keep running guys out there. And guess what? None of them have worked. So that, for me, are the two decisions that destroyed the cup. Hmm. Well, I look forward to seeing the plan with those 6,000 uh, words. And uh, maybe what, what's that final chapter? How the plan went wrong? Um, yeah, exactly. What went wrong? Interesting. Cap, uh, speaking of what went wrong, and it may go wrong again, uh, just, uh, just your thoughts on Major League Baseball and where we're at. The owners submitted their proposal. The players turned it down uh, very quickly. I thought there was a lot in there 
uh, that that made sense. You know, you push it back until May. We don't know where we'll be on April 1st or April 28th, I guess, was when they pushed it back to. I thought that made sense. A buck 54. I thought the double headers, universal DH. There was a lot in there that seemingly I thought would be tough to turn down, and yet here we are. Where do we go from here? Well, it sounds like two and a half weeks we're going to be covering spring training and that, you know, it, it's amazing. I was debating this on our podcast yesterday on the Cubs Talk podcast on NBC Sports Chicago, and the three people I love dearly, Gordon Whitmire, Matty Lee, and Tim Seven. every single time we have a labored discussion, it's always the owner's fault to them. It's always, well, the, the owners didn't negotiate in good faith. And so I love them dearly, but I argue with them, hold on a second. We're going to pay you your full salaries. We want to do this, this, and this, and somehow, some way, they seem to think, and there are others that agree with them, that there was a hidden agenda. They're not getting any of the increased playoff money. Let's not forget that, yes, the players took prorated salaries last year. The owners got crushed. Mm-hmm. That, that's indisputable right. that the owners got crushed. They got some of their TV money, very little of it, over 60 games. They got a little bit of expanded playoff money, but they got destroyed. You're telling me we can't find a way to stop distrusting each side and that one group goes, and it's always the owner's fault. Biblical losses. They're horrible. And the other side is, screw the players. You guys know how much money we lost. No matter what we made in the years past. So I don't see a way that you can continue this without a new commissioner. I literally think Rob Manfred is not the right man for the job. I'm sure he's a wonderfully smart guy. I'm sure he's a labor lawyer to the nth degree. But when there's that level of distrust, you've got to get him out of there and you've got to change the people in the room. Centurion Stone of Iowa presents David Kaplan joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Kaplan, let's jump into some football as we await the final football game of this season coming up on Sunday. We'll get a pick from you with Tampa going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, the Bears, quarterbacks, we're seeing the movement of last weekend. Phone calls are being made on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to change, and though we are hopeful that he leaves the division, that's not going to be the case. Where the Bears are is they look at a wide receiver position that needs a big overhaul. Offensive tackle needs an overhaul. And, of course, the biggest one, quarterback. What what an offense for Nagy is going to look like next season before we even get into the draft? Well, there is, there's a better chance that Ken, Trent, you, me, whoever it is, is quarterback in the Bears than Mitchell Trubisky. First of all, they don't want him back. But more importantly, Mitchell Trubisky does not want to be back. Mm. He has had enough here. You know, you stuck him in a situation in 2019. He literally had no tight end. He literally had no offensive line help. His wide receiver core was lousy at best other than Allen Robinson. So, and he was playing with his left shoulder in a sling. So it was just a recipe for absolute disaster. And then this year he starts off 2-0, getting better. Now we never really wanted you, so Nick Foles, you're in. Nick Foles isn't very good, and I remember being on here a million times with you guys going, I don't know who people think this is, but everywhere Nick Foles has had the keys to the team handed to him, whether it's twice in Philly, St. Louis, Jacksonville, he does not finish the season as the starter 
because he's simply not good enough. He is a backup quarterback and a good one. It's a nice insurance policy. But when that's the guy you're rolling out there with, you got zero chance. So I've been told Bitch does not want to be back here. They want to move on anyway, so it's a perfect scenario. There's no guaranteed money left. There's no dead money. It's a free agent. He's going to go somewhere else. I've heard New England's interested, San Francisco, and others. Let's see where he goes and let him compete. Let's see what happens with a different philosophy, a different scheme, different coaches, different teammates. That said, they are all in regardless of cost to get the best possible guy they can get. They don't have the equity to go get Deshaun Watson, I don't think. Uh, if John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, not the guy in Die Hard, right. uh, thinks <laughs> yeah. that it's two ones, two twos, and two young defensive uh-huh. stars, that would mean you're losing your one for this year and next year, your two this year and next year, and probably something along the lines of Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson. Two guys who don't make big money yet are young and are really, really good players. Well, if you give all that away, how are you repairing, as you mentioned, tackle? How are you repairing wide receiver? Because Anthony Miller's probably gone. Wims is probably gone. And maybe Allen Robinson's gone. They'll probably cut Jimmy Graham because they only owe him a million dollars of dead money. Cole Komet's not enough, so you're going to have to go get another tight end. You need a second running back. Patterson's a free agent, so you need to fill his role. Mm. Oh, and by the way, your defense has regressed to the second oldest in the league. You're getting Eddie Goldman back, but he can't play every position on the field. So I don't think you can put all that into Deshaun Watson. There are others who go, I don't care what the cost is. You can have my next 10 drafts. i got to finally address quarterback. I don't know where you guys sit on it. I'd rather identify someone in the draft, move up a little if I have to, whoever that is, Mac Jones or Kyle Trask mm-hmm. or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, or can I on the bottom shelf at the bargain basement go, oh, you know what, that's a little dented, but I can make Carson Wentz work and see what you can get a guy like that for. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. And where are, the, where are the Bears? About 15 in the draft, somewhere around there? 20. 20. Oh, they're that late? So maybe Mac Jones. I'd rather have Jones than Trask, but that's just me. Uh, we'll see where they go. Cap, I know that uh, you've got a relationship now with points bet. Uh, how will you bet the Super Bowl? Who do you like? You're going to lay the points? You got any uh, props that you like? What can you share with us, Cap? So I, I am taking Tampa because I am done getting burned by Tom Brady, A. B, when I look at you know, I interviewed Jeff Schwartz yesterday, who you guys should get on. Jeff Schwartz is awesome. He's a former Giants offensive lineman. His brother is Chiefs lineman Mitchell Schwartz. Okay, yeah. And Jeff said yesterday, look, my brother's out. Eric Fisher is a massive loss yep. at left tackle, who was the number one overall pick in the draft several years ago and is really, really good. Uh, their backup center's dealing with contact tracing and COVID. We don't know if he's going to be allowed to play yet. They've got a lot of issues on the offensive line. Well, what's the key thing other than Tom Brady for Tampa? It's Levante David and Shaquille Barrett and JPP. Devin All White. these guys put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. The key is keeping Patrick Mahomes within the tackle box. If you let him get out on the edge, it's over. He will destroy you. So that's the key to the game. Is that offensive line that's all banged up going to be able to protect Patrick Mahomes well enough? So I'm taking, I got it at three and a half. I bought a half point. So I've got Tampa Bay. I think they win the game outright. 
but I did bet it at plus three and a half. And then I have an anytime touchdown running for Tom Brady. I absolutely <laughs> think Tom Brady is going to find the end zone. That's your uh, favorite prop. Anything else? Are you are you a big prop player when it comes to the Super Bowl, Cappy? I'm not. I like to put my money on my team, and then I like to play a couple anytime touchdowns. I think Gronk's going to score a touchdown, and then I sprinkle a little bit on some of the long shots for the first touchdown. So that's where I'm at. Uh, last thing for you, Cap. Uh, Drake is quite a story, obviously, in the Valley. Two weeks from, uh, or a week from this weekend, we'll see Loyola Chicago and Drake as they'll play back-to-back. Will you have the Bulldogs? I know you're doing a bunch of Valley games. I've seen you and Burnfield doing some games. Uh, will you have Drake at all coming up, Cap? I do not have Drake. I'm at Bradley on Saturday. I'm at Loyola coming up after that. And then I'm done for the season. So wow. I do not. I think I've watched Drake. They're really, really good. I'm just telling you, Loyola's great, and they are senior-laden. Mm-hmm. They're exceptionally well-coached, as are the Drake Bulldogs. What he's accomplished there is tremendously impressive, but I'm taking, taking Loyola as the best team in that league. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, Cap. We'll talk to you in one week. Thanks for what you do for us, David Kaplan. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, Enjoy your week. I love talking with you guys. Good to talk to you, pal. Thanks for the info. Yeah. David Kaplan joins us, and he's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Mitchell Trubisky done, according to Kaplan. Out. He wants out. You'd be okay with that? Yes. Am I okay with that? I was, couldn't be more okay with that <laughs> if I tried. Uh, are you surprised there's interest in him? Like Apparently there is. What what constitutes start in San Francisco? Right. I mean, I'm not sure Garoppolo is going to be back there. That, that, that the cousin stuff isn't going away. No, not at all. The Aaron Rodgers stuff went away very quickly. Aaron Rodgers could be a Green Bay Packer. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. He's Unfortunately, gonna... well, I, selfishly, yeah, I get, get it. Get him I, out of there. I, I feel they've had three decades of good quarterback uh, play. It's, it's crazy, enough. Trent. They're, they're so it's fortunate. Enough. I couldn't agree with you more. John Deere colors. Get him out of here. I like them, I like when they're garbage in the eighties. That was a lot more fun. It's literally been like three decades. Yes, ninety one to twenty one, and even Mikowski wasn't awful. No, he wasn't. I agree with that. That's going back yep. to eighty nine. Mm-hmm. And I've watched thirty dopes try to play the quarterback <laughs> position for the team. I try to root, and for. there'll be another dope under center yeah. to use a, a Jimmy B line. Mac Jones era. Here we go. He could be. It wah, might be the wah. guy. He's not awful. Yeah, he's not awful. He's not good. Well, give him a chance. <laughs> And you might have to, because he might be the guy. If you're in the market for uh, manufactured natural stone veneer products, give Centurion Stone of Iowa a chance. You'll be glad that you did. Uh, if you're looking to act, accent or update interior, exterior project, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Visit the showroom. The showroom's at 5525 Northeast 22nd. Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa, Justin Luch, Joe Farron, the entire team at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Thank you uh, for your sponsorship of the Capman. Sadly, you sponsored Chris Williams' picks. And, whew, that was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Whoever came up with that idea. He's as bad, wasn't it? Just terrible. Uh, 25 after the hour of 11 o'clock. We come back with Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Owen 106. No.
Trek Hyden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always have... Welcome back. Just past 11.30 on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get our friend Vinny Iyer in here. He's a three-time Jeopardy champion, a Northwestern grad, and Vinny covers the NFL at the Sporting News. Vinny, as always, thank you for doing this for us. Trent and Ken uh, in Des Moines. You know, I guess we should start with the, uh, normally it's the coaches carousel at this time of year. This year it's quarterback carousel and it's spinning. Um, as we saw a massive trade over the weekend, that's a football trade, right? Uh, with the, uh, Lions and the Rams getting together. Just your thoughts on what transpired in that trade this weekend, Vinny. Yeah, it was, uh, definitely a, uh, shocking thing that happened, uh, maybe not too shocking from one side, knowing that the Lions were going to peddle Matthew Stafford, but on the other side, uh, Jared Goff, we knew the Rams weren't totally happy with him at the moment with their big contract, so they wanted to get the opportunity to try to upgrade a quarterback, and they felt that Matthew Stafford is worth that much as an upgrade uh, from Jared Goff. I mean, you can see how much value directly in this deal, two first-round picks and a third-rounder is Matthew Stafford that much better than Jared Goff? I'm not so sure. I mean, if you play fantasy football this year, you look at their numbers, very similar in terms of their production overall. I know different circumstances where you did have uh, Kenny Galladay out for the Lions, but uh, previous year, Matthew Stafford also missed half the season with a back injury. He's an older quarterback. Jared Goff, people are treating Jared Goff like total trash, but he's a guy that's won a lot of games. He has a better record in the playoffs than uh, Matthew Stafford. He's outdueled Patrick Mahomes in a big game. They've gotten to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff playing pretty well at quarterback. Well, Matthew Stafford, uh, three times in the playoffs, had no wins to show for it yet to, to lead his team in those games. So when you look at it, I mean, is Matthew Stafford that much better than Jared Goff? To me, if you're going to invest and say, I'm going all in, I'm going to say, let's go after Deshaun Watson. Let's get this done with somebody who can maybe – win a Super Bowl with, but I don't know if you feel that the Rams are all that much closer with Matthew Stafford, especially in division with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. The other side, you get those two extra first-round picks. You have a decent starter. You have a decent nucleus of players. If you could keep Kenny Galladay here, uh, go get a receiver, potentially replace Marvin Jones in the draft. you got T. 
TJ Hawkinson, not bad. Anthony Lynn, we know he did a good job here with uh, Justin Herbert. So Jared Goff is going to be a dependent quarterback. So is Matthew Stafford. They need guys around them to support them and lift them. So when you look at that, I would not be surprised if Jared Goff ends up being more successful here in terms of what the Lions would like and then uh, what the Rams are really expecting out of uh, Matthew Stafford here in this deal. Vinny, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. Where are we right now as people await, which could be one of the biggest dominoes to fall in trading in a long time in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting, this uh, deal that went down with Stafford, and then you look at Watson and what could happen there. And, again, I don't know what you have to give for Watson at this point. I think right now, if it's two first-rounders and you want some immediate dividends if you're Houston, you got to look at the Jets and Dolphins. Those are two teams that have two first-round picks just by their other trades. Uh, the Jets getting uh, rid of Jamal Adams. The uh, uh, team uh, kind of making a deal with the uh, Texans, uh, strangely enough, with Laramie Tunstall to get that yeah. pick. So you look there, uh, the Jaguars certainly don't seem like they're going to be doing that with number one and the extra pick they have from Jalen Ramsey. So. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence on the table, I mean, you already have one elite Clemson quarterback you're going to get without making the move. So what do you do here? Do you give up all this if you're the Dolphins? And knowing that uh, you're pretty much giving up on Tua Tagovailoa as well, or do you feel more comfortable doing that as the Jets organization, knowing that you're already on the fence with Sam Darnold? So those are the big question marks here. And, is Houston going to be accepting of what they can offer in return if it's just those two first-round picks for those teams, or did Stafford uh, drive that price up? Something we have to see. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Well, Vinny, 30 teams are now, uh, their fan bases are now in mock draft mode. You've got your latest up at sportingnews.com. I love clicking on them, and I, I hope you are right, Farley, to the Broncos at nine. And the secondary makes a lot of sense to this Bronco fan, but we'll leave it at that. Let's get to the two teams that are left standing. And, uh, Vinny, uh, can it live up to this? I mean, the, the, the hype of the quarterbacks, I get it. It's, it's the GOAT. It's the, uh, maybe his heir apparent and Patrick Mahomes. It just, seems that even though without the media being with the teams and therefore driving uh, the hype around this game, that it's not lacking at all. Do you sense that, the you know, despite the fact that, again, no media is traveling uh, to the Super Bowl city or very few, that the hype is still there surrounding this game? Well, it's different. I think it's probably the proper amount of hype with the Super Bowl. I mean, there's just too much in some of these games and things have become so corporate and Players don't say anything of note. It's all regimented here. You're never going to get something really controversial or juicy out of either team. There's going to be a little trash talking. I think the biggest thing we got this week was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul pretending he didn't know who the Chiefs left tackle was in the game. Mm. So that was about the only shade you're going to get <laughs> from either uh, team in this one. So when you look at that, uh, again, it's just a very business trip mindset. And, I know we try media there we're saying, oh, it's crazy, all these weird personalities. Uh, but look at this here. We're doing virtual interviews and seeing things like that. I don't think anyone misses or says, oh, man, I wish I had that wacky person that asked some strange question of Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in this one. So I think the NFL tends to overhype this week, and it's probably back to the normal level of hype. I mean, it's just one game, and we – kind of look at it and say, we just want to enjoy the game. And maybe and for this one, this 
type of Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes on one side, Tom Brady on the other, two great quarterbacks in different stages of their career. Maybe we just want to focus on the game and know the game will stand up for itself or it doesn't need any of this outside noise to uh, make it a compelling television on Sunday. The continued conversation about what the Chiefs have up front, entry to Fisher, the injuries all the way across, opt-outs before the year with a Canadian doctor, on and on and on. That offensive line, how it holds up and how it dictates what kind of game plan Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and company are going to come up with for Sunday. Well, I think the good thing for the Chiefs, and uh, I'll break down this matchup in full later at Sporting News if you want to check it out, uh, did uh, have a chance to talk to Todd Bowles and uh, Shaq Barrett about this matchup where it's it takes a village to take down Patrick Mahomes. It's not going to take two pass rushers against the tackles there. And, uh, if you're kind of wondering how they're going to line it up here, it looks like uh, Mike Rummers is going to move from right tackle to left tackle. You have Stevan Wisniewski playing at right guard. It looks like Andrew Wiley will kick out to right tackle. So, Quite a big shuffle here, for sure, from what they're used to when you had Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz being two rocks that they had in last year's Super Bowl. But I, I think what you look at here is the Chiefs have adjusted pretty well to the short passing game, and we know that the Bucks got in trouble with blitzing the first time, left Tyreek Hill one-on-one for ridiculous amount of big play after big play in the Week 12 meeting. So when you look at this, I think you have to play bend, don't break. That's the only way you can survive against the Chiefs. Hope that somewhere in the drive they have a breakdown or a third down ball gets batted down or a receiver slips or Patrick Mahomes is just a little inaccurate and they're held to, let's say, more field goal than punt. I mean, uh, that's the thing with the Chiefs is you just hope for field goals more than punt with this team uh, in the long run. So that's what they're going to look for is can they make a stop? They need to tackle well. They need to rush well. They need to cover well. They can't do anything a little bit off, or Patrick Mahomes or, and Andy Reid are going to sense that and take advantage of it. So, yeah, the tack, not having a tackle certainly hurts with the continuity. You want that flow going into the Super Bowl. And you have two very good pass rushers there, and Barrett and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. But, again, you can get the ball quickly. You can counteract that. Mahomes can be extended on the pocket. They can put him on the boot before the snap to make some things happen. So there are ways to circumvent that. And part of it is not just straight-up traditional tackles blocking edge rushers, but by play design, moving Mahomes, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Vinny Ayers, our guest uh, from the Sporting News. Uh, it's Miller and Condon on 1460 Kicks and Owen 106.3 on the FM dial. Vinny, I love the piece on Gronkowski, uh, who was the, the gold standard at the position. I think that torch has been passed to Travis Kelsey, who, I mean, he may hold it for a while, but this Waller kid with the Raiders is unbelievable. I, I hate watching him play, but I love watching him play. Uh, if, you, if you get my drift as a Broncos fan, he's, he's so good. Um, but has Kelsey surpassed uh, Gronkowski uh, to take that uh, mantle away from him? And how are they similar, Vinny? Well, I look at Kelsey having a lot more time on his side. I mean, that's the biggest thing is that he's caught up really fast. I mean, he got in the league a little bit later, but their ages are exactly the same, 31. Uh, you can think about five months older as Gronkowski. But when you look at it, we know Travis Kelsey has been Mr. Durable over the past seven seasons. He doesn't miss games when he's not being arrested by the Chiefs. He's simply that healthy, and that's really hard to do. And believe me, I'm a big George Kittle guy. When he's healthy mm-hmm. and when he's Kittle's healthy, out yep. there for the 49ers, he's 
just to destroy your yep. worlds there. But the problem is he's not healthy. I mean, this is a very physical, demanding position, mm-hmm. and Kittle seems to find his way on the shelf one way or the other, while Kelsey's just a machine out there every week. And and I sometimes don't give him as much credit for being as good of a blocker as he is, but, again, he does everything that's asked for him in the Chiefs' offense, and he does block pretty well. It's not like they're dependent on him to be that massive aspect of his game in this one. That, and Gronk, you'd say, has been a dominant blocker at times. But when you look at the receiving aspect, and in the end, we're going to measure tight ends by the receptions. That's how we measure Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and Shannon Sharp, Sharp and some of these greats here. So I, I think there are similarities in the game that they're both highly intelligent players. I think this whole persona of their have-fun goofiness, that's fine. But when it comes down to the serious business of playing football, they're very intelligent players. They work extremely hard to get to where they are. And that's been the case with both of these guys. I mean, Gronk overcoming his injuries over and over again, Kelsey overcoming a position change. And he also, I don't think a lot of people know about all the off-field trouble that he used to have at uh, Cincinnati and all that. So Mm -hmm. he's overcome a lot. Both of them have to get to his work ethic and intelligence, and that's why they're so productive on the field. They're not just guys who are big and strong and quick and catch the ball, but they know exactly where to get open for their quarterback. Are we going to see a good game, Vinny, our final minute? Uh, how did you uh, call it at the Sporting News? Yeah, I think we'll see a good game. If it gets out of hand, I think the only way it would be doing that is the Chiefs take care of it in that sense. But I, I think the Bucks are too good offensively for the Chiefs to kind of run away and hide in this one. I think the Bucks will keep moving the ball and have some success with Tom Brady. But I don't see how they're going to slow down the Chiefs all that much. I think the big plays will maybe – curb that a little bit where they're not being able to hang in there with Patrick Mahomes. So I like the final score right now. And for those of you uh, caring about that, the line is the Chiefs by three. I like them to win by four. So I think it's going to be a nail-biter and sweat it out for that sense. But I I think you'll see the Chiefs. It may not be uh, staying in control like the Week 12 matchup and the Bucks getting some garbage there in the fourth quarter, but – I see the Chiefs somewhat having control this game from start to finish, and the Bucks just kind of staying at arm's length the whole way. Just hope for an entertaining football game. Vinny I from the Sporting News. Vinny, thank you. We will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Again, uh, you're updating your mock drafts periodically. I'm sure that will uh, that uh, timetable will speed up as we get closer to it. We'll have schedules sometime in the offseason. Uh, there's always something going on in the NFL. And, Vinny, we will uh, pick your brain about it, and thanks for what you do for us. Thanks. All right, thanks a lot. Good uh, to talk to you. It. Yep, we Have appreciate one, it, too. You do the same. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Um, I like Waller over Kittle, and I love Kittle's blocking. Um, uh-huh. Kelsey's the guy right now. When Kittle's right, though, he is. Yes, Kittle's unbelievable. He's Trent. the best. and he I, does, I like Waller. He doesn't have Tyree Kill. No, I know. I know. George Kittle, when he is at healthy, he is the best tight end in the league. I would go Waller by an inch, but it, really, yeah, I just like Darren Waller. He's such a weapon. He is a weapon. But Kittle's blocking is—I mean, it's un- He does it all. He's a complete tight end. I'm trying to look at Darren Waller's numbers. 107 catches this year. How many do you have? 107. Jesus, just shy of 1,200 yards. 11.2. And Kittle missed how many weeks? Eight, nine. Right. I mean, we're talking more last year's uh-huh. George Kittle. 
What do you think Kittle was last season? Well, I, I would say very similar. I think it was. All right, let's pull it up here. Last season, 90... No. Here it is. All right. He had 85 catches for 1,053 yards and five touchdowns. The year before, 88 catches, 1,300 yards, five touchdowns. Average 15.6. Maybe a little more up the seam with him as opposed to Waller. No. Waller's fast, too. Waller's a threat. <laughs> Waller is a flex tight end. Right. Yeah. He's that. If Mike Evans weighed 12 more pounds. Mm-hmm. That's what he would mm-hmm. be. That's what you get with Waller. Regardless, you're taking any one of those guys. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Line up on our side. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and just uh, as Vinny mentioned, it's it's the injuries that mm-hmm. um, that uh, kind of not derailed by any means. George Kittle's going to be around for a long time, and uh, certainly hope that that's the case. We will take our final time out, come back and wrap up the program. Let you know what we're planning on doing tomorrow as Miller and Condon take you up until the top of the hour on fourteen sixty KXNO and one. 102- it's wicked awesome, man. Our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Wash. Systems of Iowa. We need a heater in here. Washer Systems of Iowa's got heaters. This floor is a mess. Washer Systems of Iowa is Iowa's pressure washer experts featuring Mighty M pressure washers. This is Jeff Egley of Washer Systems of Iowa. Our crew, led by Tony Poff and Marco Solis, can find the power washer to clean your equipment and the heater to keep your garage warm during the cold winter months. Washer Systems of Iowa, 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, an exclusive dealer of Mighty M. Online.org. The 55th big game is this weekend. 55. A game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's right. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored Sunday night, and boom, bang, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer. And don't forget about DraftKings Big Game Prediction Challenge with up to 50 $55 million in total prizes up for grabs. And instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code KXNO to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the program. Apologize for this. We are late with the $1,000 slam dunk keyword. Almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. I don't need a trip to the carpet today, Trent. So we'll get this in right now. Text the keyword SMILE to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. And who knows? Maybe doing this at a different yeah. time will yield us our first keyword winner. The Morning Rush had one earlier this week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, good for them as KXNO is now on the board. The keyword this hour, smile to 200, 200. More keywords coming up. Of course, Jordan Murphy and Andy, uh, I believe their first one is in the 3 o'clock hour. All right, so tonight, mm-hmm. not the shiniest of basketball schedules. Lots of games, lots of kind of crappy games. There's just... one There's one early game just because I, I was into the SEC Big Ten, cha- a Big 12 <gasps> challenge. 
uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. And so I watched Alabama and LSU and Texas Tech played, and they were both really good mm-hmm. games. And they play each other tonight, uh, Alabama and LSU do. Going to be keeping an eye on Kentucky-Missouri tonight. I'm trying to get a better feel of this Missouri team. They've been ranked for a long time, had that win against Score Illinois early this season. They do. And I just don't have a good feel. Is this a team that I'm confident in my bracket putting in the Sweet 16 or even Elite Eight? Or is that somebody that I'm going to be more fading and hey, I'm looking for an upset in the first or second round, Mizzou? So I'm... I'm uh, a little more Missouri basketball here for me, both this, and they have a big one coming up this weekend. Well, it's that time of year if you're serious about filling out your brackets that you're starting mm-hmm. to look at conferences, maybe watch some games. You know what's going to happen on Saturday night, and there will be absolutely zero buzz for the first time. I mean, for me, it was always appointment television, and I couldn't care less. I will find something else to watch. Duke, North Carolina play this weekend. <laughs> Nobody cares. Two bad teams. Two bad teams. One worse than the other. At least North Carolina's got a pulse. Uh, but that's though those three games, you get them now, then you get them on the final week of the regular season, normally, mm-hmm. and then you cross your fingers and you hope you see the uh, the trilogy continue in the ACC championship. Pick of the night. We look to oh. make it two in a row. Yes, you had an outright dog yesterday. We did, and we will try to do that again if you're looking to sprinkle a little money line. Grab Pitt and the four and a half. And who do they play? Ranked Virginia Tech. Cordell Pemsel is coming to town. How's he playing? Is he playing? Not often. Okay. All right. Uh, well, Hopefully I'm those graduate going... studies are going well for Cordell. And we wish him the best. Uh, Murph and Andy will be in here at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. It's the Fanatics. And that awful sports handicapper, Chris Williams. Terrible. Just awful. Hawk Central tonight at 6. Boom morning. bang. <laughs> Boom bang is right. Uh, morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon. Uh, On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.